coming up in today's episode. I'm laughing from energetic release. It's really releasing. The fact that you just said you're laughing from energetic release made my day. It's so true, you know? You ever laugh because you're just like, oh my god, so much weight is being lifted off. You're like... <laughs> that yeah. was really, really good, though. Welcome to episode 97 of Enter the Mind podcast, the most real talk, no-nonsense podcast on the empowering of the mind. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about counter-intention. So this topic of counter-intention came up because I was studying this book from Frederick Dodson. He's a reality creation coach, and he has a lot of really good books on Audible. I do the audio versions. And this one book is called The Reality Creation Technique. And some of the things he says is he gives an exercise where you state your intention and then you release your counter intention. And he says any intention brings up its opposite. And so you would say something like, I allow myself to be confident today. And then you notice, you sit and you notice what comes up, what pops up in your mind. And that's the counter intention. That's your resistance to that idea. And so that resistance might be, for that example, I allow myself to be confident today, even though I was not confident for most of my life or something like that. See, because as soon as we think that intention, I'm going to be confident today, that little part of us speaks up and says, but hang on, you weren't confident for the, for the first 20 years of your life. What makes you think you're going to be confident today? And rather than resist that and focus on that, which is the mistake and the pitfall, what Dodson is talking about is releasing that. And so acknowledging it in your affirmation and just repeating, I'm going to be confident today. I wasn't confident before. I'm going to be confident today. I wasn't confident before. I'm going to be confident today. I wasn't confident before. And with that process, it releases the hook on that counter intention. And if you don't release it, it's going to put up resistance. What do you think of all that? Two things. So the first thing is that I completely believe in this. And it's funny because I've been believing in this for years. It's actually a lot of what I teach and I love now that I can pinpoint it to Frederick Dodson, Dodson who talk, teaches it. Um, so the first one is when I ask people to step into their confidence, right? And I tell people that they're already confident. I ask them to step into the least confident version of themselves. Number one, why? Because you know it so well, it's really easy to step into. You know, we're kind of creatures of like negativity. Like we, we, we so easily go to the negativity because of how we were programmed. So when I, when you step into that negative aspect of yourself, it's number one, it's dreadful. You really don't like it. You know, you step into it and you're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? It almost automatically springs you up into that polar opposite, into that counterintuitive. So it's always so good to step into that helplessness, that victimhood, um, you know, that lack of, you know, abundance and you step into it and then you can transmute that energy in the opposite direction, like Frederick was saying. And the second thing is um, 
you know, releasing it. So like, you know, people ask me why I just let my emotions run wild. Why? Because I release it. I don't hold in my anger. I know that it's a part of me. And when I release that, I swear to you every single time it's gone. It's now gone. Number one. And number two, I have a better connection with myself. And number three, I swear to you, people understand me better. Like I was in the middle of a sale the other day and I, my eyes started watering up um, because I couldn't do it in the way that people understood. I was doing it my own way. And, um, and I remember I was getting overwhelmed and, you know, I'm in the middle of a sale and I literally go, okay, can you guys stop? I'm feeling embarrassed and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Please just, you know, and guess what? He still bought my program. Why? Not because I held anything in, not because I was, I was trying to cover up what I was feeling because I let it out. And I am, you know, people enjoy that authenticity. People enjoy seeing your emotions. And I think that, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. (laughs) That's a big point about holding on or holding something in, bottling it up versus releasing and letting go. Definitely. And it's interesting. I can start to see it in people's faces, I think, and their energy patterns when they're just holding on to something because you need tension to hold on to something. And you can see somebody with a lot of tension in their body and you know something's going on, like that they're not sharing, they're not releasing. And you know what's the best about that is that when you're around people who are confident, when you're around people, you know, who are dope as fuck, they make you feel okay to release that tension. you know, I've been with so many partners in my life, you know, and Ben is my first boyfriend where he is so level-headed that when I'm around him, like, I feel free to release that tension without being judged, you know, and I, I feel that way around people, you know, at 10X, and I feel that way around people who think really big, um, you know, people who don't care about the small stuff, because we've been taught to kind of hold in that tension because all of the average thinkers of life make us feel weird for our attention. They make us feel weird for feeling embarrassed or insecure when really it's human nature, it's life, and let's laugh it off and let's go forward. You know, hey, direct me to the next place. Direct me where to go. I know that I'm feeling tension. I know you guys can see me. Ah, this is so scary, but you guys are so supportive that I feel okay to let it out. And you guys don't make me feel weird about it. I have an example that I think would apply. And one time my friend visited me from Chicago and we drove down to Southern California. And after this three-day weekend, he went back to Chicago and he texted me and he said something like, I feel so, not level-headed, but he said something like, I feel so lean, like mentally He's like a lot of my concerns, like I just feel sharp, like I, I forgot what his exact words were. And I totally understood why, because I was totally on my game that weekend when it came to being in the present moment and being on the mind. Example, we're driving back from Southern California to North, to the Bay Area. On the highway, we pass 
like what looks like this little brush fire on the side of the road. Well, California is very dry and that's dangerous, right? To have a brush fire because it could spread. I said, all right, well, uh, here's my phone. Can you dial 911 while I'm driving? He dials, it's on Bluetooth. I say, hi, yeah, I'm reporting a brush fire. It's before this exit and um, yeah, I, whatever, right? And they're like, okay, thank you. We'll send some firefighters out to look at it, right? And then, and then uh, hung up the phone and then I was like, okay, where were we? What were we talking about now? And we just kept resuming our conversation. But I handled that situation and I moved on. How many people would spend the next 10 miles of that trip thinking, should, should we report that? Like, what, what if it like spreads, you know, like, you know, do you think somebody else reported it? Like, you know, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to flood the 911 with like 10 phone calls. They're going to get 10 phone calls about this fire. Somebody probably, right. Should we, but hang on, but should we like, what if it burns? And that is called being out of present moment, Right. How quickly can you just handle it and move on? That shows that demonstrates acceptance. Like your brilliant example that you shared about like the sales conversation you had, you stated things as they were and you just, that presupposes an acceptance of what's going on. Like, Hey guys, this is what's going on. Like it's constant every second of the day. It's acceptance of the reality of what's going on. And, you know, I really like that you said that because it also shows that, you know, like you move fast and you're quick to notice what's going on in reality. Um, you know, I think that we've talked about this before. There's something called like the, um, it's inner heuristic. It's spelled H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. Yeah. Yeah. Heuristic. And it's, yeah. um, it's in the, this book, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. And he says, uh, you know, if something is happening on the side of the road or somebody falls or somebody drops something, most people will walk by. Why? Because they think it's, it's science. Like it's a proven fact that most people think in their heads, oh, somebody else is going to do it. Right. So somebody else is going to do it. Right. So who cares? Right. What we need to start thinking, what you did, you know, is like, Oh, a brush fire. I'm going to call. It doesn't matter if somebody else has already called it in. In my mind, I saw it in the present moment. I'm going to call it in. Just, hey, there's a brush fire. You know, I just wanted to let you know. Hang up the phone. Boom. I want to comment on the other point that you made about the polarity. And if you put yourself, you said one exercise you do is you put yourself in the position of that you don't want to be in right like like what if i was lo a low confidence person what would that be like and by law of polarity it makes you start to think of the opposite what what would the confident version be that's funny you say that because there's been so many times where i was motivated by observing people do it wrong like seeing an anxious person makes me so much more calm because i'm going to be i'm like dang, like their hands are shaking, like their voice is trembling, like they're just, they're just in line at target. Why are they so nervous? And as soon as it's my turn to check out my groceries at target, I'm calm as a cucumber because I just witnessed this person do it wrong. And I'm like, all I want to do is just get it done right. I'm like, gosh, so much anxiety that person had. I'm going to do it right now.
Does that ever happen to you? Super, super true. Yeah, and I see it all the time on the road. I'll give two examples right now. So, the first one is that when I'm on the road, it's it's weird. If I'm going really fast, like if I'm going like 35 miles over the speed limit, that makes somebody go slower. They hate to see me going fast so fucking much that they're like, shit, I'm just going to slow down. You know, and if I'm going too slow, it makes somebody want to speed up. They're like, fuck, like, shit, I just want to go faster. And then um, another example is, oh, okay. So I remember I was at the 10X uh, business boot camp and I wanted to go into the VIP um, cocktail party after hours. But it was only for the people who had made a million in their business already. Well, my boyfriend has, so he was allowed to go, but I didn't know that. So I, the two guys who spoke to me, first of all, the one guy was like, didn't even want to tell me that I wasn't allowed. He knew that I wasn't allowed, but he was like withholding information from me. And it was rude. Like I could feel it. It was rude. Then the other guy who spoke to me was literally like, uh, yeah, you haven't made like a million in your business. So unfortunately you're not allowed to go. But it was just so rude. Like, I'm telling you, it hurt my feelings. And I'm a really good judge of character, you know. So I speak to somebody else. And I go, hey, um, I wasn't, they told me that I wasn't allowed to go to the VIP cocktail party. And he was like, who told you that? Like, who told you that? Of course you're allowed. Let me go get you guys some wristbands. You know? And so, number one, it proved that I was right. And number two, it showed me who I never want to be like. I looked at those two guys and I was like, that is fucking preposterous. I would never treat somebody like that. And it made me want to be even more of a better person. So yes, I love that. I like the direction you took that because so many people would spend the rest of the evening complaining about how they were treated by the first two yeah. people, but you're, you're using it as fuel to push yourself forward into the next higher version of yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I don't, and I think talk shit on them, you know, but it, it was just funny because they saw me at the VIP party, you know, when I looked at them in their eyes, you know, don't, don't, don't be rude to me. I'm going to get in either way. God always wins. Don't you forget that, you know, but I want to get back onto this counter intention because I feel like there's definitely been something that's repeating throughout all of our stories, like all of our examples in this um, podcast episode number 97. And I think that what we're both really getting at is that most of the time, I guess it's kind of like what a majority of the, of the population would do. We kind of have to take that counter intention. So like what you said, like if two guys, you know, straight up told somebody like, Oh, you're not allowed. You know, most people would be like, Oh fuck. Like I'm not allowed. Right. That's, that's what, no, that's what like the normal kind of like intention would be or action would be. But instead, you take that opposite action, you know, you have a counter intention and you're like, oh, well, I'm actually not going to stop here. Let's look at the example of dating and somebody is looking for the one or their significant other, right? They're looking for a relationship. So they might have an intention of wanting to be in a relationship. That's, that's their intention in their mind, that's what they want, but they also 
have a counter intention inside of them that says, but there's no good bachelors out there or bachelorettes or whatever, ah! right? There's no... So, okay, yes, 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 yes. So it's coming in. So pretty much, so a lot of the times what I say in my mind and why I usually get what I want going back to that kind of releasing that like negative feeling or releasing really what is going on and what could happen in the present moment. Usually if I'm going in for something, I prep talk myself. So like when I went up to speak to Grant, um, you know, and I thought to myself, there's going to be people swarming him. Okay. That's reality. That's, you know, that's going to happen. Number two, he might leave directly. You know, I might've have focused on him for the past 45 minutes connecting with him only for him to walk out that door and me not be able to talk to him, right? Number three, I could, you know, talk to him and he could say, you know, I'm very busy. I, I have no time to talk to you, right? So all of these things go through my mind and that's the counter intention. That's kind of like the, the counter thing that's going on in my mind, the kind of other possibility. And I always get those out. And when I get them out, it just releases everything in my mind. And I can kind of be like, all right, well, I already know what could happen, um, but I'm going to fucking go for it and I'm prepared. So you're, you're going to talk to somebody, you have a certain intention. Your intention is to meet the person. Let's say it's your first time having a conversation with this um, famous person who's hosting an event. So your intention is to go up and meet them from your example that you should a counter intention would be, but there's going to be so many other people. I'm not going to have enough space to say hello. Yes. Yes. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, Oh, there's going to be so many people. What I have to say isn't important enough. Um, oh, things like I think so. The key of course is releasing the counter intention, or I guess you could say diffusing it maybe. And I think you diffused it properly by prepping yourself in that, example you gave because right because there's two ways to react to a counter intention is you can be oppressed by it or you can release and diffuse and address it like you addressed it because you're like okay i am imagining there's going to be people a lot of people swarming this guy how am i going to get to speak to him or i'm going to do it so the example the way you would state this according to Frederick Dodson's techniques, you would say, I'm going to go talk to Grant Cardone. There's going to be other people trying to talk to him. And so that technique is you do intention and then counter intention so that you can release it. Because what's the opposite? If you just state your intention, oh, I, I'm, I want to talk to Grant. I'm going I'm to talk to Grant. The back of your mind is looping the counter intention like but but people but but you're not going to have enough space everybody else is going to get there first blah, 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 right so by by stating it overtly we're able to like let it go so it doesn't sabotage us from behind that is really really good i actually i'm laughing i'm laughing from energetic release um it's really releasing. The fact that you just said you're laughing from energetic release made my day. Uh, who, who else says yeah, that? Yeah, right? But it's, it's so true, you know? You ever laugh because you're just like, oh my God, so much weight is being lifted off. You're like, 
That yeah. was really, really good, though. Yeah, I definitely think that that helps because that's definitely something that I do a lot and something that has helped me always get what I want. And another thing to remember when you're going for what you want, because that's kind of what we're talking about right now with counterintention, how to get what you want through counterintention or how to have less stress going for what you want, how to put less energetic weight and baggage on going after what you want. There's something that I do when I'm going after what I want. And it's something that I think I've only seen in a few people in my life, or I've only seen people demonstrate a few times in my life. And it's when somebody wants something so fucking bad that they do not let one person in and, and they hold their vision. Now, how do you think I got Elu on the podcast? How do you think I met Stormy um, Wellington? How do you think I, I, I got into a premiere party when I only paid for an executive ticket? How do you think I, I got into the VIP when my business hasn't made a million dollars yet? Why? Because I don't let anybody else dictate my life. Because I say, this is what I'm going to get. I'm aware of every single fucking thing that could stop me and could not get me there. I'm aware of it. I know what could happen. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what anybody has to say. I'm going to get it. And I'm going after it. And that's what I want to do. And when I want something, I motherfucking get it. And that's what I feel like can also help you with that counterintuitive. So you know what you're heading for, you know what can go wrong, but you also have that core kind of energy shooting straight from your heart that's like, this is what I'm getting. And you go for it and you don't let anything get in your way. Yeah, that leads me directly to the power question of the day for this episode, which would be, how much energy are we investing into the counter intention as opposed to the intention? Or what, what, what counter intentions do we have that we haven't released yet? Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. What, what counter intentions can we release today to free up our energy from what you were saying? You had a, like a very dominant approach, right? And you're like, I don't care if the obstacle is going to be here. Right, right. But the key part is you're acknowledging the obstacle and you're disarming it. And that's the huge part, because as soon as you disarm it, it no longer sucks your energy out. It no longer siphons your energy. So then you have all that energy to focus, um, to focus on the forward movement. That's what doubt is. And That's what d doubt and hesitation and fear is. It spins you in this circle where it just consumes your energy and it diverts energy away from action taking and towards the pendulum. Oh my God. This is an incredibly good episode. This is really good. My brain's going to be uh, growing this in the next months. It's, it's good stuff. And this is a, um, a blooming of all of these conversations from our past episodes, but I think we're bringing a lot of truth to light. 
So yeah. let's wrap up for the day. Was any power question from your end? No, no, I like yours a lot. Let's stick with that one. And um, second of all, yeah, um, thank you everybody for listening. Um, we appreciate you so much. We're so excited to see that our numbers are growing and that we're reaching more people. As usual, if uh, there is a topic that you want to hear about, chances are Robert and I would love to dissect it. Uh, if you are a, or if you are a very successful person and you feel like you want to be interviewed, you want us to pick your mind and find out what's going on at an energetic level and bring that to the surface, um, and you'd like to be featured, you know, then let us know. We, we're so excited to have you. Awesome. We'll see everybody in next week's episode. Did you find at least one gold nugget in today's episode? Then please like and subscribe and share it with a friend. And finally, if you're looking for a community of like-minded people, join our free Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash enter the mind.